Welcome in. It's a brand new Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, good evening to you. Good Wednesday evening to you, my friend, and anyone who's uh, along the ride here for Power Hour with us. Excited to do this again for you. I mentioned in a tweet earlier today that in the um, constantly changing world of professional golf, 8.15 on Wednesdays is a nice constant to talk to you before we tee off on Thursday mornings. I'm excited to get it going once again, buddy. Seemingly the only constant. Did yeah. you when you got into this? Did you imagine that the that golf was going to turn into the NBA and there was going to be drama and there was going to be storylines and off season news and all this other stuff? I mean, it's it's great for content, right? There's so much drama in the game right now. There are positive things to say and negative things to scream about. Nearly every week, it feels like. Um, and we got some more of that news dropped on us today with the changing in the in the 2024 PGA Tour schedule. It'll be interesting. I mean, if you didn't see, there's going to be kind of a more distinct, elevated and, and non-elevated schedule. As far as that as as that pertains to jock market, I think it'll be really interesting, right? We're going to have we're going to have these weeks where every top name is in the field and then we're going to have weeks where it's like our guys and like Denny's going to be the favorite and Cam Davis is going to be like, "Oh god, am I going to have to play this guy again?" Right? Like there's going to be these like uh the the big boys and then our guys weeks. Yeah, we have we now have a varsity and a junior varsity tour. Uh, that's pretty much what this is boiled down to. We have the varsity guys who are going to play the elevated events, and we got the freshmen and sophomores on the JV team. Um, just hoping to make varsity next year. So, look, I think we saw some variation of this coming for the last couple of weeks. Still, a bit astounding to see the magnitude at at which it it. It feels copycatish, right? It feels like a reaction to what's happening, and like let's steal that game plan. Um, I think that there have been some players come out that's been critical of it. There have been a lot of uh, prominent members of the media who have been critical. I haven't seen anyone be like, "This is great news." <laughs> I thought like ninety percent of it was great, but I I don't like the the small field no cut stuff, which unfortunately yeah. ends up getting a lot of the oxygen because of everything that Live does, and that's like the the tournament format. But I did think you know the the cadence of two weeks on for elevated events, three weeks off for the, the standard event. I did think that was pretty interesting. And what I would actually am hoping to encourage, we were kind of talking about this before we went hot, like jock markets should run multi-week markets for those. There should be a two-week market for those elevated events because you're going to get basically the same guys. And then a three-week non-elevated market. I would like to see that. That'd be extremely fun. We've talked about it for a while and sort of being able to buy and hold players over a two-week span. It would introduce a new sort of element to the game. And 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 just like the tour, like Jock Market, we've seen several evolutions and reiterations of the format within them. So uh, it could be a nice little wrinkle that they throw in once everything kind of gets finalized and, and ironed out for what we're looking at in 2024. If you're jumping in right now... Uh, we are playing Stock Market DFS. This is an opportunity to bid on shares of golfers for tonight, uh, or I guess I should say for tomorrow, for the tournament starting tomorrow for the API. And I'll show you what happened last week. Let me see if I can share my screen here. How about this? Yes. Okay. So this was last week here, Joe, where Chris Kirk Last Wednesday night sold for $7.25 per share in IPO. He got the full $25 per share payout. That's $17.75 in profit per share. Eric Cole, the 69th pre-ranked golfer, sold for $364 last week. 
$20 payout. That's $16 a profit a share. How about this right behind? Tyler Duncan, another guy, sub $4. $3.74 per share last week. $18 per share in the payout. $14 of profit. Lots of big movers. Yeah, there certainly were. Eric Cole was obviously the big mover. Um, do you have Ryan Gerard on there, possibly? I wonder if he was even... I don't think so because he got in late, I believe. Late. And I do not believe he was added to the okay. job market player pool. Is my there were a ton of like, you know, it's funny because we, it was kind of like almost a, uh, in a sense, a breath of fresh air to have a, a week off from Rory and Rob and Scheffler. And we get these other stories that pop up. So this is kind of what I, I am hopeful for for next year. The amazing story of Chris Kirk. Eric Cole was a phenomenal story. Ryan Gerard, who Monday qualified, made a run. Obviously, Shane Lowry, the highest ranked player to to commit last week still played pretty well justin Suh, you know the highest ranked corn ferry tour player was in the lead for quite a while so it gives us an opportunity to learn a lot about these new guys and of course we had a couple go bust like like my boy denny if you remember i was i was heartbroken uh to not end up shares with denny mccarthy and thankfully um for that i did not spend eight dollars and one cents on the ipo because my bid was eight dollars well, I got zero shares of Denny who ended up paying out $1 off a terrible miscut. Um, sometimes you just get lucky, man. What can I say? Yeah, so these these guaranteed payouts are uh, basically then just asking you to pick golfers that are going to outperform their expectations. So, for example, let's see here. Uh, Sepp Straka went, you know, last week, $5.77. He goes out, he gets you 15 bucks per share. That's a profit. And then obviously Thomas Dietrich, who withdrew after Thursday's round, went for six seventy five a share. He goes down to a dollar per share. So you lose five seventy five there. So you're just trying to find golfers that are going to outperform their expectation. And Joe, if you think a golfer is going to underperform, there is an opportunity to short. You could short a golfer here in IPO. Yeah, absolutely. You could totally short them, which would have been a good idea for the top of the board last week. Looking at that, there were several losers. Um, and that may be kind of like a, a strategy that we could sort of pay attention to as we get more of these elevated events, because it seems like we've we've have a history of seeing oftentimes the opposite in these elevated events where it's OK to spend eleven dollars a share on John Rahm and Rory and Scheffler and the top names have totally been rising um, to the top and been able to, to return you a profit versus last week non-elevated status you get a tournament that um by nature is much more volatile in pga national than the average tour stop and you see a lot of guys make a run in that two three dollar range and the top of the board end up losing you roi so i think something that uh as this season progresses we can definitely pay attention to when we have these sort of different field events um how they play out in the jock market yeah maybe practice a, maybe a small short this week because next week is usually pretty chaotic yeah pretty, pretty crazy lots of water tpc saw oh my god so uh maybe get a little little practice in with shorting this week so you can be ready for next week so if you want to get involved the code is power there's a link in the description that'll get you your deposit bonus jock market has now entered uh the pick em game with props and they are in my opinion or at least in the data's opinion taking on some more risk than their peers which is actually uh good news for the users because there are some really bad lines out there that they're hanging that you can take advantage of and the, the IPO that we're in right now is going to go until about uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. So we have about 37 minutes or so. So we're going to run through this board. We're going to talk through a little bit of strategy. But first, we are going to play bullish or bearish, which is an opportunity for Joe and I to chat through a couple of golfers. Now, let's just start at the top of the board here, Joe. Rory 
McElroy. He is the number two pre-ranked golfer. He is already bearing down on $10 per share before I reveal the big board. Are you bullish or bearish tonight on all Rory? Uh, bullish on the fair value, which he's obviously already cleared bullish still, even at $10. Um, I've got him all the way up to 11 and some change. I think that Rom still probably goes number one, deservingly so, but I think that Rory has a good chance to, to take him down this week. A good, a chance at Bay Hill is anywhere. If he's going to slay John Rom on the current run, his course history here is fantastic. Um, he's had some of the best putting performances of his career have come at Bay Hill. So I think that where that has been sort of his letdown the last couple of events, maybe just mentally like a comforting spot for him to come back to Florida, to come back to Bermuda grass, to come back to a place where he once gained 10 strokes putting a few years ago and a win. Um, I think that there's a comfort level there at this course. I think it sets up best for his game in comparison to Genesis or Phoenix. Um, I think that this is a much better stop for him where he's always played well. I like Rory. What about you? Last 10 cash markets, Rory McIlroy earning an average ROI of 37%. It's one of the top in the field, at least in terms of the bigger, more expensive names. I think you nailed the analysis. He's been phenomenal from tee to green for a very, very long time. The only two disappointments came at Riv and Phoenix, and it was only with the putter. The other thing that I want to point out uh, that you you were talking about his great course history. It's usually pretty sticky here. You know, this is generally a pretty strong correlation year over year. Guys that have success uh, continue to have success. Guys that struggle continue to struggle. It's usually plays pretty consistently. You get the same caliber of field. Obviously, we're going to get a pretty jacked one this week. But yeah, this is this is a good spot for Rory. Very uh, bullish on the kid. All right, let's go. How about a former champ uh, along with Rory McIlroy? How about Terrell Hatton? He is checking in. I can grab his uh, pre-rank here as the 12th pre-ranked golfer. His fair value is $7.03. That asks him to finish about 22nd or better. Bullish or bearish on Terrell? I'm actually bearish on Terrell. A couple of reasons. Um So I think that the strength of his game is around the green and putting. I think that given the changes to the course that is somewhat mitigated this week and the introduction of three-inch rough around the greens versus short grass actually tends to bring in a little bit more variance, which um, negates some of his strength. It allows players like Hovland and Morikawa maybe a better opportunity to chip because it's not as predictive. Um, So I think that his biggest strength is negated a little bit. Also, he's like... Of all the guys essentially in the top 20, he hits less greens than anyone in terms of green and regulation rate. Um, It's historically low here, which places an added emphasis on that short game, but he doesn't hit enough greens for me. I know he has fantastic course history. And the other like the other unquantifiable part of this is. How does he handle the difficult conditions that they're about to face, particularly on Friday? He's also in a group with Homa and Rory, like two of easily the probably top five players in the world right now so if he's the third best player in the group things aren't going well the wind is up like can you can you see an avenue where Tyrrell gets a little frustrated maybe on Friday out here I'm gonna say bearish yeah I'm probably slightly bearish as well I I think that um listen if you want to give him to me at 703 and have his fair value be like 22nd or better I will take that but my my assumption and my understanding as I've kind of seen the week go on here is that he is going to be 
I believe more popular than he should be. And I believe he's going to kind of get, you know, trickle up towards the, you know, $8 mark, maybe eight fifty. Now you're asking him to finish inside the top 15. That's kind of where I draw the line. So it, there's a price for everybody. I'm not willing to give as much wiggle room for Hatton as I, as I am for some of these other guys. So I would have to skew onto the bearish side of things. Okay. Um, I want to, I'm glad you brought this up. So there's also a win thing we need to talk about. Yes. Um, so I, I checked it earlier today during my live chat, which was a couple hours ago. I can check it again now, but it has been pretty stable all week long that the Friday afternoon wave is going to get gustier, uh, more blustery. It's going to be windier. How much are you working that into your decision-making process this week? Not necessarily within the IPO, Rick, um, mm. for a couple of reasons. So the first reason to be honest with you is when's the last time we finished a first round on Thursday, dude, it's been forever. Also, when's the last time we got the waves, right? Yeah. (laughs) So if the first round doesn't finish on Thursday, which it seems like it hasn't all season, except for tournament of champions, um, we push things back an hour on Friday and basically that levels the playing field right there. The second is like, okay, so I actually texted earlier this week, a caddy and a, a player that's over in Puerto Rico this week, but I asked them this question, would you rather, and, and it's pretty easy to answer, but I just wanted them to confirm it. Would you rather play in 10 mile an hour steady winds with 30 mile an hour gusts or 25 mile an hour steady winds with 30 mile an hour gusts? And of course they said like they would rather not have 20 mile an hour gusts pick up in the middle of their shot. That's almost impossible to club someone um, when you have no idea if you're going to get completely gusted or not. I would almost think that like being in the afternoon, you could make an argument like, okay, at least you know what you're going to get on every shot and you could factor that in. Maybe just as tough as playing in like a shorter win, but all of a sudden, especially with the water and the trouble out here, um, you get blown and you're two clubs off coming into the green. I generally agree with your assessment. I also generally like that you and I are willing to just be like, listen, we might get this. We're like the industry, the last like three times the industry thought they had the win thing figured out. They got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it's not, it's no, it's, it's no issues. Right. But you like on Wednesday night and on Thursday morning, you have to try to figure out what the weather is going to be like 36 hours from now. Like yeah. good luck. The best in the world. The meteorologists don't know. Yeah. I will say, uh, if it's any consolation, I'm going to go with they will finish round one on Thursday. So okay. it's a little bit of a smaller field. The last True. tee times are 1.34 p.m. Eastern time. Sunset tomorrow in Orlando is 6.26. They've got five hours. Okay. I don't know, they like, should get that done. Might be close, but they should be, they, they should get they should be able to get that done. All right. Uh, but I'm glad we talked about that because it's it's certainly worth talking about. But but your your point is well taken. Um, and I should backtrack a little bit. Every other format, you kind of need to figure out Friday's Friday afternoons weather now. In yeah. the jock market, you don't. Right. right. If you see this coming and you're paying attention and you're you're although this thing's about to flip in the afternoon, you can now take action based on that in game. Yeah. 
And the other, you know, it's funny because a good example of that was actually the players last year when like guys had to come back out onto the course and like everyone thought we had the wave right. And then there was a delay and then there was something else. I don't even remember what happened, but all of a sudden everyone who stacked what in the beginning of the week looked like the correct wave was all of a sudden wrong in that scenario. So yeah, they um, got, they got the, uh, the weather was predicted correctly, but the delay <laughs> moved everybody's tea times around. Yeah. So people's rounds ended up going into the next day, which actually was, was better for them instead of playing the, the, the worst part of it. <laughs> what a sick game. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get, let's continue along here. Uh, I want to talk about Tom Kim. His fair value for tonight is $6.37. That's asking him to finish 26th or better. I'll, I'll just start here, Joe, because this is a guy that I kind of nominated. Um, I'm going to take a slightly bullish approach, but I also just think that he is one of the more interesting names. I, I, I think everyone realizes what an absolute star he could be, but the only thing that anybody's been able to say negatively about him is that he's not very long off the tee. And I think we're going to learn a lot this week. This is a long golf course that plays longer if you're not hitting the fairway. I think we're going to find out this week if Tom Kim playing out of the fairway from 15 to 20 yards behind everybody else is, is better than them playing from 20 yards up in, in the rough. And I think we're going to learn a lot this week and add another data point to whether Tom Kim is long enough on this tour. Yeah. Um, I will say bullish as well. Just for me, it's more so like it feels like the room temperature around Tom Kim has just cooled off a little bit. It's usually a good time to buy um, any sort of stock in that environment where you like the long term upside of it. But it's it's everyone else is kind of cooled on a little bit Two not so great finishes where he did not return you an ROI. Four starts ago, he missed the cut at the Sony where he burned absolutely everyone, which was one of the highest IPOs he's ever gone for at $10.20. Um, so yeah, maybe a little people are burned. Maybe a little people get forgotten about him and he sort of gets lost in the shuffle with all the great players in this field. It could definitely be a good opportunity to get back in on Tom Kim before I know a lot of people um, have some long-standing tickets on him and have liked him for the Players' Championship. Maybe grab him a week early. I don't think it could hurt you. Uh, Ricky Fowler's last. He is $5.30 in his fair value. That's asking him to finish about 32nd or better. Um, Ricky's been great, Joe. I think I think I'm bullish here, right? I mean, the, the approach play uh, has been popping. Six, six straight weeks with uh, gains there. The thing I'm more interested in is the putter. I know you and I have had this conversation for two years, but when Ricky lost... When Ricky lost the putter, that was a huge concern, and it took him a really long time to get it back. And now we're starting to see signs of that being back a little bit, and he's not tinkering as much anymore, and he's got three straight top 20s in just big-time events. So I, I think we run run Ricky out there one more time. I like it. Um, I'll go with your sort of sentiment on there. I was I was a little bit torn on Ricky um, somewhat, but the, the graph there, the strokes gain numbers yeah, are ridiculous. That, yeah. Um, yeah, just up it, into the right. <laughs> it's a, it's a mountain that he's been climbing there in terms of strokes gain. You're right. He settled in with sort of the mallet putter with the bigger grip, which looks unusual in his hands. Um, but it's working for him. The approach numbers. I didn't really realize that it had been that solid. I mean, I know he had the one tournament with the hole in one, but uh, Ricky is also a guy who's you know awesome in Florida. Historically, he's won the Honda. He's won the players. Why not check Bay Hill off the list as another tournament where he can compete? He's super motivated right now to secure his spot, I think, into the Masters. Um, so, yeah, I like it. 
That concludes our bullish or bearish game for this week. We've got about 25 minutes to go until this IPO closes. We are going to shut it down right before 9 p.m. Eastern time or so. So I think it's about time to unveil the big board. Before I do that, I'll remind you, the code you need is power. There's a link in the description. You can get rocking and rolling. You can play stock market DFS in the jock market. You can also play the pick'em games that they've unveiled. And to absolutely no one's surprise... We are off and running with two big boys at the top. John Rahm already threw his fair value, $11.03. Rory McIlroy already threw his fair value, $10.65. It's a it's a 1 and 1A one situation here tonight, Joe. That's what it feels like. But we can't forget Scotty Scheffler. Like, we're in this environment right now where it's I find it somewhat unusual. Um just to have three names sort of set aside on the odds board and, and in DFS and stuff like that versus the rest of the field. Can't forget Scotty. Like if Rory's one B Scotty is like one B plus, like he's right there behind them. Um, defending champion here, obviously coming off a win. He's playing better. He's seemingly starting to figure out maybe some of the stuff, a uh, good flip with a the putter there for him, which is good to see. It's fantastic around the green uh, last year at this event in particular. So I don't see any reason why he's less likely to win this event than Rory or Rom, to be honest. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah, right. I've got no counter except that Scotty's not very sexy and the other guys are super sexy. Right. I mean, like it's, <laughs> that's literally what it is. That is literally Scotty Scheffler won four times last year and has already successfully defended one of those. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, ah, yeah, he's like, you know, who's, yeah, who's he just guy? doesn't. Maybe it's like he doesn't quite embody the confidence you would expect. Like you see it on Rom right now. Like, and you saw it at the presser. Can anybody beat you? Like, unequivocally, no, within a half second. Um, Rory, you can sense the <laughs> if you confidence ask Scotty and, that he'd be like, ah, yeah, probably. He'd be someday. like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, I'm just trying to be out here and, and, you know, compete with these guys. So, um, maybe it's that he just, he has it internally, but he doesn't quite exude that I think to the masses. Um, but as terms of, of a player upside, like he's won as much as either of the two of them in the past year. Um, he's won bigger events than either of the two of them in the past year. And he's also defending champion here coming back in good form. I have no reason not to like him if he's cheaper tonight. This is not how jock market works, but let's assume that I only allowed you to buy shares of John Rahm or I only allowed you to buy shares of Rory McIlroy and you had to pick one. Which one would it be? Rory this week. Okay, yep. that was that was pretty quick. What What is it about Rory that gives him the nod over John Rahm? Uh, to me, it's the course. I think it's the perfect spot for him. Um, I think that they're close. I do think John Rahm is the is the better player. It's close, but like if I had to rank the two of them, I have Rahm higher. I think this is a much better spot for him. I think coming back to Florida, coming back to the East Coast is an advantage for Rory. I think the course history of Bay Hill is an advantage for Rory. I think that it's going to uplift his putter a little bit. And there were some like concerns I saw even in winning there were some like subtle red flags with John like missing left is not something Rom does and he seemed to be quite perplexed about that and got away with it like a bandit at Riv um, I, that's hard to repeat I just think that this is one of those spots that you mentioned is sticky and Rory I give the nod to after the big three, Will Zalator is catching a ton of steam. He's 14th in the pre-rank. The pre-ranks are important here. 
the better your pre-rank, the more likely you are to break ties. So for example, John Rahm breaks all ties. If he's in a 10-way tie for second, guess what? He's getting the full second place payout because he has the better pre-rank. Zalatoris, Joe, kind of got the uh, the raw end of a, of a pre-rank here at 14th, but that has not stopped people from bidding him up now currently to $9.03 per share. This is a little surprising. I'm not real high on Zalatoris this week. Um, I want to see him be more consistent. I want to, you know, we see him compete, but I can't put him above Max Homer right now. I struggle to put him above Colin Morikawa and Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley right now in terms of how I rank these players and what my projected target prices are. Um, I'm not quite there on him, but somebody is to bid him up. You know, he's he's almost $2.50 clear of his fair value projection if you put anything into that. It's asking right now at this point, $9.03. He's got to finish 13th or better. It's tough. Yeah, and probably only going up from here. Max Homa, 803 at the moment. Cantlay, 765. Collins, 751. Xander, 725. And I'll loop in. The guys in the $6 tier, Joe, that's Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Terrell Hatton, Sung J.M., Jason Day. Is there a name or two here that you're going to put in the favorites list and make sure that you keep an eye on for the next 19 minutes or so? So in that sort of grouping that you just mentioned, I actually am probably most confident in Jason Day, believe it or not. I feel like he's been the most consistent guy out of that bunch. I do think Victor can pop this week. Where are you at with Justin Thomas? Like, I just don't know. I bet him this week. All of a sudden, this morning, my brother texted me and he's like, Justin Thomas is 30 to 1. Yeah, I'm like, let's it. take that. I'm going to take it. I'm going to bet it. I don't feel good about it, but we've seen him get to that number before. And it's like the magic number. I think that's what he was at the players. I think that he got to that number at like Bridgestone a few years ago when it was in Ohio. And all of a sudden, he like popped off a win. Gosh, there there have been signs from each parts of the game that have we've seen it get better and then something else gets better and something gets worse. Like it, it's like a teeter going back and forth where he can't just seem to lift everything up at the same time. And, and I worry about that a little bit. I thought long and hard about the 30. So I. I bet other guys that kind of would fit a similar mold, like Hideki, who I just was like, I'll just give me his long-term form, Cam Young, yeah. uh, even Sam Burrs. I was like, these numbers are just just too good. And I got close on JT. I, I just – it makes me so concerned. Two things. This is now like a pretty long stretch of him not being that good with his irons. And it, it goes back to the Ricky conversation. When a player is struggling at their best thing, no matter what it is, their best thing, it's worrisome. And Justin Thomas's best thing is being elite at something. So that is double worrisome. And then the fact is, just when you compare him to everybody else, like uh, there's not a lot of experience right now. I think he's played it once in 2015 and uh, whatever it was, T49 or something like that. But I, I just... You know, you can't get them all. I, I looked at it long and hard because I think his 100-round baseline is better than most guys in this field, but I, I did not get there on JT. Yeah, there, there's a reason, I think, that he wasn't playing this event. Um, the same reason he probably wasn't playing the Honda event, probably because he didn't like the course very much. After the win at the Honda, he, had, he, he didn't come back. Um, so not surprising that, you know, obviously he's going to show up for this event, but yeah, the same, same things worry me. He lost strokes on approach three out of four rounds at Riv. He lost strokes off the tee three out of four rounds at Riv. Um, 
you know, that that was in a perfect situation for him playing with Tiger and Rory and like very much a comfort zone for him that everyone I think was expecting him to play well. And I think he let a lot of people down. Um, I won't, I, I do feel like he's probably very highly motivated after a two week stretch, getting a little time off after a disappointing performance there, especially playing with those two guys where he's wanted to get it going back in the right direction. Look, even like, wasn't playing great, still finished 20th. Like all of a sudden made a run in Phoenix that like we weren't really expecting. So it's in there. It's just a level of consistency that that he needs to pick up. Let's start going a little bit deeper down this board. Let's call it 21 in the pre-rank to 30. This encompasses Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, Sam Burns, who I mentioned a little bit earlier. If the, Is there someone here that you think is worth investing in? Yeah, wow. Interesting to see Keith Mitchell all the way up there already yeah. because I was going to mention him, how well he's been playing right now. Yeah. Um, Burns, I'm always going to like gravitate toward because I am a bit of a gambler and I like the volatility and I do still believe in his upside as a player, although the consistency still hasn't hasn't been there. He goes from T6 where you think he's totally back to a miscut. Um Lowry, I like because I saw really good signs out of him. He just seemingly couldn't really put it last week at the Honda too well. Um, it, it He was close, and I like that he played in Florida. We did see a lot of guys last year. Actually, Chris Kirk was one last year who like finished third at the Honda and then went to API and finished third. Gary Woodland was another one who played both really well. I like to see sort of the Bermuda reps under the belt, so his, he's someone I got my eye on. Yeah, Shane Lowry like should have won last week or, or should have been in it. He was never in it yeah. on Sunday. I think he was even par on. He just never gave himself a chance. He, I think he bogeyed the first and it was, yeah, just never happened. He should have been in that event. Thirty-one to forty. Um, you know, just in terms of guys that I'm interested in seeing, I don't know if I'll be investing in Taylor Montgomery, but I'm just like, I, I'm interested to see. It's like him, Tom Kim, a little bit of Ricky. I just want to see. And then we get, you know, Aaron Wise is here, Minwoo Lee is here. Uh, Corey Connors, a couple Canadians actually in this range. Anybody here? Montgomery was the guy for me. Okay. Um, I actually took him, I actually bet him this week. He was 125 to one. Wow. Um, I this is just the spot that I'm interested to watch him play. And in the same sense that we were talking about, um, earlier with Tom Kim, a player that everyone wanted like a piece of, everyone wanted something to do with him early in the season. A couple of miscuts in a row, a little bit of time off, come over to this coast. Um, the long-term upside and, and belief that we have that he's going to be as great player as they are. So I think if you can get him at a little bit of a discount tonight, it makes some sense. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. How about we continue down the path here and start getting a little bit deeper uh, 41 to 50 Chris Kirk, throw him right back out there. Uh, I don't, I don't mind that one single bit, but we've also got Joel Damon, Christian Bazadenho, Wyndham Clark amongst others here. Where do you want to go in this, in this section? Yeah. I kind of like Straka a little bit who we talked about before. Um, you know, interesting guys is Lucas Herbert who showed up here at a kind of nowhere last year is still at $1 per share. Bazadenho has played well here before, um, like, why not just ride Chris Kirk? He's $4.92. He was playing great before the Honda. He played great at the Honda. Um, I think that he could once again carry it over here if you can get him at a decent price. And, and Billy Horschel, once again, feels like he's going to be cheap. Um, $4.06 right now. Disappointing Sunday at the Honda. I think he finished like 42nd. 
but once again, another guy who got some Florida reps under their belt and should be able to carry it up to the center of the state this week. Okay, let's continue. 51 to 60. Taylor Pendrith, I'm interested in. He's $4.03 right now. Webb Simpson gave us like a little bit last time we saw him. Adrian Moronk is here. Where do you want to go in this area? Um, Moronk's an interesting one. Um, okay. what, what have you seen from him like sort of as, as a course fit for him this week? First off, he's a big dude who can move it. And yeah. I, I, I like the fact that this is now week three of playing on the PGA tour after not playing since Bermuda, getting his feet back on this, on this circuit, uh, getting into the routines of being on the PGA tour and understanding where everything's at. And now he's just one of the guys, right? He goes from Riv to, to Palm beach to, to Orlando. He's just, he's just in it now. It doesn't feel as foreign. And I, I like the way Moronk, uh, shakes out in most places. And I think this is a pretty good spot for him. Yep. I agree with everything you said there. SH Kim is another interesting one for me. Um, made the cut last week, but sort of faded over the weekend to lose a little bit of ROI there. Um, uh, but was very good at Genesis in terms of, um, you know, finishing their 33rd, 49% ROI. And then obviously the farmers before that doubled your money. So uh, just a guy that I think could play well and sneak into the top 40. All right. Uh, we got a couple more minutes to go through some of the longer shots here. Let's go to the second page because there are 120 golfers in this field. Uh, I start to draw the line, Joe, on guys who can actually win. I think we've passed it, but like, Gary Woodland is the 69th pre-ranked golfer. Matthew Neesmith is uh, 68th. Hayden Buckley, who for one round is God and then can do nothing after that, is 79th. Like there are there are some names here that I do find interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Here's two. One of them's just a mistake on the pre-rank. Ryan Fox is 118 on the pre-rank. Oh, He's like a yeah. top 45 player in the world. Yeah. I'm interested actually to see what he does here. I believe his insertion into the field made this the strongest field of the season this week because uh, he's another top 50 player in the world who wasn't in the first two elevated events. Um, $2.62 from New Zealand. I think I don't think he's going to be overwhelmed by making this PGA Tour start. He's a veteran. He's played well in wind. He's played well in firm, hard, difficult conditions that should not be unfamiliar to him. And another interesting one, Rick, that I'm going to watch a good bit of this week. Ludwig Aberg. He's the amateur, right? He's the world number one amateur in the field. I I may have to double check this, but I think he's coming off three consecutive back-to-back-to-back wins in February for Texas A&M. Um, the kid is really good, and some people that I've spoken to are very high on his potential as a player. He's $1.36 right now. I don't know how much higher he could get, but um, yeah, there, there, there could be an avenue to a made cut there. Ludwig Aberg, uh, he he's the guy that has that last tee time of the day. By the way, he's that one thirty oh, tee time. So hey, he might he might benefit from the PMAM wave. Um, real quick, uh, the chat is a little bit out of control here, and about uh, a little bit over their skis in regards to Sam Ryder. Sam Ryder is still in this field. Sam Ryder has uh, not withdrawn. Sam Ryder, okay. there's no evidence of that. Sam Ryder is. Uh, I think he withdrew from the pro-am, but he is he is as of this moment in the field. He has a tee time. It's actually like the second tee time of the morning. He is in the field. It 
that that's happening as of this moment, which is 8.51 p.m. Eastern time. So we got a couple minutes here, Joe, until I let you go. This thing is getting uh, more mature by the minute. Have you found that with these elevated events, it has changed your strategy at all? Because I know when we go through the board, it's like, ooh, piece of candy, right? Like, it's like, I see all these guys. I'm like, I could have all these guys. I love all of them. It's a little exercise of discipline. Yes, it is. I am sort of continuing to um, develop that strategy, Rick. But I think the last couple of ones, I've stuck more toward the top. I've taken one of the top guys. I've splurged a little bit on Rom and Homa. I remember it, it Riv. And I just think it pays off. I think that they're mo more motivated than ever. They're playing better than ever. And it's just an opportunity to take them to um, basically like top 12 or top 10 at this event. But the it's different than just betting them to finish top 10 because a 14th place finish is by no means going to kill you. And I think that they hold particularly those top three guys, Rory, Rom, Scheffler. I'm going to have one of them as this IPO closes because I feel like they hold between the three of them such a large chunk of the, the win equity at that $25 payout that ultimately, if you can get the winner, you're probably going to have a profitable week no matter the rest of your portfolio. Okay. Fair enough. I think it's about that time, Joe. I'll let you go. You go do your bidding and uh, we'll rendezvous back in a couple of minutes. Cool. All right. Joe is going to go get his bids in. If you want to get your bids in, the code you're looking for there is power. There is a uh, link in the description. It'll get you your deposit bonus. You can get involved in not only the stock market side of things, but also the pick'em side of things. So get rocking and rolling. And that is exactly what this market is doing right now for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. John Rom, $11.13 per share right now. That is asking him to finish ninth or better. And we still have time for that to go up. Rory McElroy, 1075. That's asking him to finish 10th or better. And Scotty Scheffler, the other golfer in double figures. I'm not sure we've had three golfers over $10 in the same market before. Uh, that might be a record. I'll have to look into that. He's 1006. That's asking him to finish 12th or better. And we still have a couple of minutes to go. Gap to Will Zalatoris, 903. He is in a tier to his own because there is another dollar gap to the boys at the $8 mark, 803 for Max Homa, $8 for Patrick Cantlay. Homa has returned triple-digit ROIs in three of his last four markets. He's been absolutely splendid. Cantlay, despite the missed cut in Phoenix, got you 117% ROI thanks to a third place at Riviera. And he is back on track. Then you start to see the big names really line up. Colin Morikawa at 759. He is right at his fair value. He's nine cents over it. He's the most expensive. Well, I shouldn't even say that because he was more expensive in Phoenix. Tony Finau, 742. He's right at his fair value, though he's still trending uh, much cheaper than any of the last four of his starts. And then Xander Shoffley, pretty good pre-rank here, fifth pre-rank, $7.26. He's coming off a loss at Riviera, although he did kind of salvage that. Remember, he holed out for Eagle on 17 to even make the cut. He ends up finishing T33, so he kind of salvaged you a lot there, going from missing the cut to finishing T33 along the way. Victor Hovland, who was in this thing throughout last year, is $6.82. Let me give this a little bit of a refresh and we can find uh, some more value on this board. 
Got about four or five minutes until this market closes, so we got a little bit of time. No rush here. I will want to see if we've ever had three golfers over $10 before. That's where we're at right now. Going a little bit further down the board, here comes the movement on Keith Mitchell. That's a big move. He's 640. He's well over his fair value. So $6.40 for Keith Mitchell would be asking him to finish about 25th or better. If you think Keith Mitchell can finish inside the top 20 per se, go out and buy him at 640. Uh, Jason Day at 660 and Cam Young at 638 are uh, the sandwich around Keith Mitchell here. We got a little bit of news from Matt Fitzpatrick in his neck today, thanks to Dan Rappaport, basically saying it's not 100% but it's better than it was at Riviera. Riviera was miscut, uh, minus 74% ROI. He has a very good history around Bay Hill, so hopefully much less hampered now than he has been as of late, and he can go back to a place and find some really good form again because he was playing great before this injury, this neck injury popped up. Ricky Fowler, who we've chatted about, $5.75. He's about $0.40 cents over his fair value for tonight. Sam Burns, right on top of his, $5.25 to a $5.35 fair value. And exactly on his fair value is Taylor Montgomery at $4.91. So $4.91 is asking Taylor Montgomery to finish 34th or better. So that's the thing. Everybody's got a price. Whatever that price is, you just want them to either outperform their expectation or if you're going to short them, you want them to underperform that expectation. So for example, if you don't think John Rahm is going to finish ninth or better, short him, right? Put your money where your mouth is. Go short John Rahm. Scary thought. You can do it, but that is possible. You can get both ends of the market here. I'll refresh the board. I've got 8.57 p.m. Eastern time by my clock. So we will uh, keep an eye on that. We're coming down to the home stretch here. And John Rom continues to extend 1156. We're getting into a bit of uncharted territory here. Uh, John Rom has the two most expensive IPOs ever 1299 in Mexico last year, 1266 at the Farmers this year. Uh, there's not many guys who've ever gotten to $12. We'll see if John Rom gets there tonight. And Roy McElroy, 1081. That is, oh boy. That's the most for Rory since his 11.25 at the RBC Canadian, which he wow won. By the way, yeah, he just went to 11.01 too, okay. like just in a heartbeat. So he's cleared 11. He's on the move. I'll give this a refresh. Make sure we have the most up to date numbers. Let's see what he's yeah 11.01. Scotty Scheffler 10.50. Scotty Scheffler uh, most expensive he's been since Houston. He was 11.24 there, uh, and we are getting some pretty good movement on. The rest of these guys, let's see. Uh, Zalatoris has not moved off of 903 in quite some time, so he's kind of stuck there. The rest of the guys are are closing the gap behind. Can't lay 50 cents behind. Max Homa, 50 cents behind. Colin Morikawa is still a buck behind, but the gap the gap is closing there. I'll flip this around and look at this as in terms of pre-ranks. We've got uh, the cheapest top 10 golfer that you can get right now. It looks like Victor Hovland, believe it or not, $7.22. Matt Fitzpatrick, the 11th pre-rank offer, six sixty-eight. We'll go down the board a little bit and point out some of the names that we talked about. Bezadenhout still has 50 cents to go to get to his fair value. He is at $3.90. Taylor Pentreth, who I mentioned, right on top of his fair value right now, $4.03. We go to the second page and we look at Gary Woodland $4.85 right now and Hayden Buckley 369 he's about 60 cents over his fair value. We've got this thing right on 859. We're probably closing any second now. 
I'm going to try to refresh one more time and see if I can get some up-to-date numbers here and see what John Rahm's been up to. Yeah, he's moving again. 1176. John Rahm, 1176 at the top of the board. Rory McIlroy, 1101. Scotty Scheffler, 1051. Everything else seems generally in place. Hideki looks like he got through the $6 mark along with Tom Kim. Tom Kim, 605. Jordan Spieth, 570. That'll be interesting. Sam, uh, excuse me, Shane Lowry, 566 as well. Oh, we just... closed. Okay. Shut it down. Shut we're it closed. down. We're closed, we're closed, we're closed. IPO for the Arnold Palmer Invitational is closed. We're going to let the dust settle. We'll see what the final pricing is. We'll see who Joe got. We'll see who everybody else got in the chat. And, of course, if you want to get involved, the code is POWER. Link in the description. How, do you remember a time we had three golfers over $10? No. I don't. I kind of am just going to like, uh, maybe like very quickly parse through this. Maybe like century, like maybe century just because there's so many, there's only, you know, 35 guys. Wow. Okay. Well, how short is our map? <laughs> Genesis. Oh God. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rom well, was 11 is the same three. Rom, Rom 11, Scotty 10, 10, Rory 10, 06. But outside of that, it doesn't happen often. Well, they all went for, for higher tonight though. You know, yeah. Scotty, what, what did they finish at? Uh, I haven't, let me see if I have the updated numbers. Two cleared 11. I know. All right. Let me see. Yeah. We might, we might not have ever had two guys over 11 in the same market. I'll have to check that. Uh, yeah, I got Rom. Okay. So here, here we go. We'll get, we'll get your guys in a second, Joe, but I got Rom at 1176, which is asking yep. him to finish, uh, about eighth or better Rory at 1101 and then Scotty at 1051. So three guys over 1050 is, is, is pretty strong. Yep. Okay. Before we run through that whole board, why don't we get your, uh, your portfolio for tonight? Yes, sir. Uh, Scotty Scheffler. Okay. You're involved. Okay. I had Rory. Um, at eleven dollars, and you know I like you know I stick to my numbers. So when he went to eleven to oh one, I kind of lost those and and pivoted everything to Scotty at that point. Um, Ten fifty one on Scotty. Next up is Tony Finau, seven sixty seven per share. Um, a couple of guys in the six dollar range, which includes Sung J M and Cameron Young at six fifty per share. Um, Things have really cooled on Cam Young. I mean, it's asking him basically to top 25 in this event to return it. Same with Sung JM. Uh, Chris Kirk, I went right back there at 525. Uh, 491, Taylor Montgomery. Sub $4, I got Ryan Fox, who we spoke about. Um, Davis Thompson and Zach Johnson. And I have a short, Rick. You want to take a guess who it is? It's a uh, top 10 player. I think, I mean, I, I, I do not know. Like, I do not have the courage to pick John Rahm. I don't think I'm going to say you, you, we didn't talk about him. There's a narrative that he doesn't play well in the wind. I'm going to say it's Colin Morikawa. Oh, it was, you're close. I thought you were going to say it's a narrative that he doesn't play well in Florida. So I shorted oh, Patrick Cantlay. Got it. Cantlay. Okay. 854 per share. Um, top 15 is that break even point. So a 15th or worse. And uh, I'll be doing good. If he uh, top 10s this week, I'll be wishing that I didn't uh, try shorting. But I figured, let me get a little shorting under my belt going into the players next week. You mentioned it earlier in the show, but it should be fun. 
Okay, so the way that this works. So here's Joe's portfolio. Scheffler, Finau, Sungjae, Cam Young, Chris Kirk, Taylor Montgomery, Ryan Fox, Davis Thompson, Zach Johnson, and a short on Patrick Haley. So the way this works, a short at, what, what was it, 850? 854. 854. So, uh, yeah, it's about, okay, so it, it, 16th place is, is 850. So, for yeah. example, if, if Cantlay finishes 18th and got an $8 per share payout, Joe would earn or win 54 cents per share. Per now, share. If, Correct. If, if, if Cantlay misses the cut and goes to a dollar, Joe will earn $7.54 per share that he has shorted. Correct. The other side of this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that if – uh, let's say Cantlay finishes 12 for $10 per share. Joe would lose a dollar and 46 cents per share. Yep. That's how this works. Yep. For those looking for an example. Okay. Um, let's see. We've got a couple of portfolios in the chat. Eddie got Hideki, Norin, Siwoo, Ben Taylor, Troy Merritt. That's actually pretty good. Um, JG Funk got Xander Victor Fitz, Sungjae, Hideki, Keegan, Spieth, Power Hadwin, Minwoo, Sebez, and Adrian Moronk. That is a uh, that's in it. That's got some international flair to it. Yeah, deep, deep there from Funk, man. I like that. What about here we go? Nice and tight from Brett. Xander, Homa, Ryan Fox. All you can eat. Nice and tight, Brett. Hopefully you rebound off those uh, Denny losses last week, buddy. Kevin says, crap, I should have shorted Rom, which is always very easy to say on Wednesday night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been down that road, Kevin. Uh, you can think you have it wrapped up, and then Saturday comes around, and all of a sudden he's like two off the lead and like minus 300 to win. Yeah, I can assure you it gets more difficult as the week goes on. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Tough, tough seat. All right. Uh, here's the rest of the board here. I mean, it is, again, we're getting to the point of John Rahm where it's like, I'm, I'm not going to doubt him. But if you look at the markets, 1176 is asking him to finish eighth or better. His wow top 10 number. Well, I mean, he's top 10 minus 140. So maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. Yeah, it's probably not that bad. And and like you mentioned, like, what's the, what's the floor? 15th? It's like, Seriously. Yeah. All right, maybe that's not as bad as I thought. Roy McElroy, eleven oh one. So his top ten number is is basically even money. This is asking him to finish tenth or better. Right yep. on, right on. Um, were you surprised to see that Cantlay? Oh, I'm sorry, I got this sorted the wrong way. Were you surprised to see that Zalatoris was the fourth most expensive golfer today? Yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I just haven't been on board with the love for him. This, where are you? Are you in on him this week? Yeah, but okay. not. I mean, I I still would not have. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have put him over. You were in it like when he is like the 11th guy on the odds board, like not the, not the number four guy. If he was right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So yeah, like love him, but like, not, not like that. I mean, let's, okay. So let's just look for an example here. So, so that's asking him to finish 14th or better his, yeah, his top 10 numbers, like plus two forty. So probably like his top 20 is, uh, where are you? Will yes, top twenties plus one ten. So that that's that's aggressive. It's a reach if you trust the sports books. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you trust the sports books, um, 
I'll tell you what, Victor Hatton, 722, 707 for two guys that have played well here. Don't hate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fitz, it seems like Fitz seems cheap, but I get the concerns. Um, you mentioned the tweet from Dan. I I I know that I think he pulled out of the seminal thing. So um there are concerns and there have been rumors circling there, which I think gave you uh if you have shares, you you at least got a good price. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bless you. Thank Gary you. Woodland, 494. I, sneaky Gary Woodland might play well this week. He might. I hope he plays. You know, Tom Kim, that's not a bad price on him either. 605. At? 605. Okay, so that's asking him. That's below his fair value. So 605 right. is asking him to finish 28th or better. He is, yeah, I mean, he's plus 150 to finish top 20. And it's below right. his fair value, which is, you know, they use the they use the sportsbook odds to determine that anyway. So yeah, I mean it's it's probably on the right side of things. Yep. I mean, he's one spot on the on the uh projected ranks from Wills Alatoris, who finished fourth. So yeah. um interesting there. And he's he's kind of right there with Hideki, who I think he has better odds than this week. So I don't mind that number at all on Tom Kim. I wanted to see what people did. Eric Cole, two ninety-three. Hmm. Uh you did a good job on this with like his mini tour stuff. So he's got, he's actually got two. He's actually got, I mean, it goes back to the American express, but three of his last four cash markets, he's been a pretty big winner. He's actually been a winner in, I mean, this, I know, this goes back a long way, but uh, five of seven, he's been a pretty big winner. In. That's pretty crazy. Wait. So I caught a little bit of this on the coverage. Cause I was coming back and forth from the Honda and kind of watching it on my phone. They mentioned, I think it was Sam Saunders came on and mentioned that like they were trading club championships at a course in Orlando. Were they talking about Bay Hill? Oh, I don't know, but I think it was some course in Orlando that they said like Sam was like, yeah, uh, it was like me one year, then Eric won twice, then I won, then Eric won. They were like trading. So, but anyways, he's familiar. He won twice in Florida in the minor league tour uh, in January. So not too long ago, those, those wins paid out $700 and $1,300 and your boy took home 915 K for the second last week. So as bad as you felt for him, a, a life-changing Sunday was still in store for Eric Cole. Yeah. He was doing a little bit better, uh, playing on the PGA tour, making, yeah. making that cash. I cannot find that, that quote from Sam Saunders. I was okay. kind of looking for, but yeah, I don't know. But either way, should be should be pretty cool to follow along with. Um, the fun has only just begun, obviously, because we are rocking and rolling into the live trading now. You can short. You can go continue to get involved and keep a close eye on the weather. One more time, the code you're looking for is power. There's a link in the description. Uh, you can rock and roll. Joe, any final thoughts? But we'll, I mean, we'll be back at it again next week. Yeah, pay attention to the weather. Pay attention to Friday, um, and 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 it presents opportunities in the jock market like it does in no other format. So excited to see you next week, of course, for the players and one of the biggest events for the year. Twenty five million on the line for those guys, uh, which is insane to think about. But uh, enjoy the show once again, and appreciate you guys stopping in and, and dropping some stuff in the chat for us. Always love it. Follow Joe on Twitter at TorPix. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. Good luck. <laughs>